Amen. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, guys. Praise team and band. As Jeff Fair is uh, on a little bit of vacation with him and his uh, wife and four kids. They're skiing, or they were skiing, one day in New Mexico. This is my wife, uh, Ashley. We'll come a little closer here, dear. Yay. We love Ashley. Um, so we're just, just good for the people to see her. And um, people online, this is my beautiful bride here. I was going to ask Ashley to, to pray for us again. I know we, Trey, thank you for praying for us, and Corey for leading us in worship and prayer. It's one of the things God is really calling me to as your pastor is to uh, just a deeper corporate time of prayer. And so we did that Tuesday night, had 330 people in prayer meeting on Tuesday night. Now, 300 of them were online praying with us, and we had about 30 in the sanctuary. And I just love to see that grow. I'd love to see that ministry expand. You say, well, why in the world would I want to come on a Tuesday night and spend an hour in prayer? Because I think that's the only hope for our world. I really do. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Now, I can preach my heart out, and we can sing praise and worship, uh, but unless we're praying and really praying to the Lord and seeking His face, uh, then nothing really of, of eternal significance or substance will happen. And so whether that's you online Tuesday night or you here present, now I'm telling you, I'm, I'm inviting you all to come, and I'm not going to be here Tuesday night. Ashley and I are about to get on a plane and go to Arizona. I'll be preaching out there. And then we'll be back uh, Thursday, and I'll be back in the pulpit on Sunday. But we do invite you to come. Speaking of prayer, dear, I love you. Would you pray for us? Pray for our church. Pray for me as I share this message today. I just thank you, God, so much for the privilege, Lord, of being able to pray and to come before you. Mm. And Lord, just thank you that, um, Lord, you hear us and you hear our prayer. Those of people that, that love you and um, yeah. desire to have a relationship with you. And God, I just thank you for that, Lord. I just thank you for this church, Lord. I just thank you, God, um, for the people that were able to make it here today. I thank you for the people that are online. And um, Lord, I just um, pray just be with them. And Lord, I pray to be with Danny, Lord, as he um, shares what you have uh, laid on his heart. And Lord, just thank you again for this church and for this particular day to where we get to look at what has happened in the past and what we look forward to in the future, God. And Lord, ultimately you are our future. And that is so, such a peace that we can have. And um, uh, just know that, God, that you're the only one that can give true peace, hope, and joy. And Lord, we need to share that. Help us just to be looking for someone. And God, just we just pray, God, put people in our path that we can share, God, the true peace and joy that only you can give. Um, I just love the verse in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I pray for our country, as I know this week is such a big week with a transition of power, Lord, and I know there's so much been unrest. God, I just pray for our nation. I pray for our leaders. God, you, we just desire as your people to humbly come before you. We ask to forgive us for our sins. And, and Lord, just we will honor you and love you with all our heart, mind, and soul. And that we will love our neighbor. God, I just pray that that would be truly what is on our hearts. God, we just love you, praise you. Thank you again for this opportunity to be here. And pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, babe. Great job. Thank you. All right, so today is our State of the Church uh, message. Uh, once a year, and only once a year, uh, we will take uh, time and just share, kind of looking back where we've been in 2020. What a year. Wow, what a year. It's in the rearview mirror, though. Uh, we look at kind of where we are today as a church, what's happening at Great Hills 
uh, Baptist Church that may be of interest to you or may uh, draw you into our vision and to uh, our future. And that's the last part I'll share with you. It's kind of where I see as your pastor, shepherd, leader, where we are going uh, in 2021 uh, and beyond. Um, most of the time, very, very few occasions uh, behind the pulpit here will I not preach an expository, expositional message, meaning I love to take one passage of Scripture. I love to preach through books of the Bible, and that's what we're doing in Acts. Do y'all, can you, uh, January, I think it was January the 19th, two years ago, we began studying the book of Acts, and we're not even halfway through the book. But that's what I love to do. I love to study God's Word. And so today is just a little bit different, again, as we, as we describe and define who we are. And this is a great Sunday, by the way, if you're interested in our church, whether you want to uh, join in with us online or join in with us here. Uh, we're in the middle of a new members class called Discover Great Hills this month. And if you miss this one, we'll have other opportunities for you to officially join our church. So our mission at Great Hills Baptist Church is to share the gospel with people uh, that we meet. We like to call them your one. Who is that one person that God would put in your path that you might be able to bring hope and as Ashley prayed, bring some peace and joy in their life? Just yesterday I was praying, God give me an opportunity and sure enough I went to the gym and met somebody I'd never met before and was able to have a spiritual conversation with them right then, right there. And I just walked away from that saying, God thank you, you answered my prayer. And so I want all of our church to be doing that very thing. You look at Jesus in the New Testament, wow. He was all about people, right? He was all about loving God, loving people, meeting their needs, and sharing the message of hope with them. So that's our mission. Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Now that is the mission or the purpose statement of the Son of God. God the Father had one Son and made Him a missionary. And Jesus said, My purpose to come in, in this earth on the incarnation to leave the, the royalty, the beauty of heaven, to come to earth would be for other people, that other people might know eternal life. So that's our mission, our vision. And you've probably heard a lot about this, and I hope you'll hear more and more about this, is to make disciples who make more disciples until Jesus comes. And that really should be uh, the marching orders for every church, not only in Texas, but in America and all over the world. Our aim, our ambition our measurement for success should be, are we leading people to Christ and leading them to lead other people to Christ, helping them mature and grow in their faith to the point where they're comfortable in sharing their faith and where they're comfortable to having women pouring into other women and men pouring into other men and helping them grow. You say, where would you get such a novel idea? Where would you get such an earth-shattering idea that I am to be a disciple maker? Well, Jesus again, Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, when he said, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given unto me. Now go and make disciples of all the nations. The Greek word there is ethne. It's where we get our English word ethnic, ethnicity. All the ethnic groups, all the people groups. I tell you, Jesus was a visionary, was he not? I mean, look, look at that. He said, If you know me, then I give you this commandment that's not, not a suggestion, but it's called the Great Commission, that you go and make other disciples. And then when you make a disciple, when you lead them to faith in Christ, 
I know only God uh, can save. I understand that. But somehow in God's majestic mind, he has chosen us to be the messengers of the message that he uses to save people. And when they become Christians, we baptize them. We usually go up here in the baptistry. There have been times where, John, we baptized you over there uh, in the, um, Daniel, what would we call that? A trough, a bucket. It was pretty cool. A lot of y'all commented on how cool you thought that was. And there we, there, well, we're obeying the Great Commission. And then after that, really we're not through. We're not even close to being through with the Great Commission. Once somebody accepts Christ and they are baptized, we don't pat her on the back and say, good luck, honey. Hope you make it all right in your walk with God. No, it is imperative and incumbent upon the church to take that new convert, that new disciple and to pour into them and help them grow in their faith. Because if we don't, they're going to slip right back into the world, into the ways in which they used to live. And really the onus is on us. Responsibility is ours. And at Great Hills, the thing that encourages me the most and really is the, the, the greatest success that we're having in our church is the number of people who are in discipleship groups who are making disciples. I finished a group, or finished up, and I'm praying and looking forward to my next group of men that I'm going to be pouring into and helping them grow in their walk with God. So that is our vision. Is that clear? Does everybody understand that? Our vision is to make disciples who are making a disciple. You say, well, where do I fit into that vision? If you are a follower of Christ, then you need to be somehow helping another follower of Christ grow in their faith. You say, whoa, 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 I, I could never do that. Well, let us help you do that. Let us help you, equip you. You say, now, wait a minute, why am I doing this? Because Jesus Christ explicitly commanded us that if you are a Christian woman, I really believe it is God's will, God's desire that you find some other Christian lady and say, can I meet with you? Can I just encourage you, pray with you, and help you grow in your walk with God? Same thing with us in the male gender population. All right, what are our values? Every church should have some very clear values that they state, that they plaster on their walls, that they preach, that they champion, that they share frequently. And our core values are the following. Number one, we are very committed to the scriptures. Our desire, our core value number one is for whoever is the pastor at Great Hills Baptist Church, it will be very clear when my time is done and God calls me on and calls me on to heaven, the person who comes behind me, there will be a team of people who will ask him this question. Look, number one, are you a Bible teacher? Are you a Bible preacher? And if that person says, no, not really, I like to tell stories and I love people to like me and I like for us just to be one big happy pep rally, then they will say, thank you, we're gonna look for somebody else. Because the passion of Great Hills, and it's not just my passion, I'm talking on decades of standing on the shoulders of those who've come before me, is the person who leads Great Hills must lead from the point of Scripture. Scripture has to be important to him. He has to teach the Bible. What about our connect groups? Our connect groups are committed to teaching the Bible. You say, oh, that's why the Gospel Project, that's why everybody's studying the same thing, the Word of God, and that's exactly right. And that's very, very important to us. In fact, I was so proud of our people and over, um, you know, during the pandemic, during the coronavirus, when we could not meet here from March uh, 7 to uh, March 15 to June 7, we, we just could not meet. And so everything was going online. And so I tell you, Connect Group leaders were amazing. You adapted, you pivoted. 
You went to a place you've never gone before. You began to help set up so that you could teach your class, not only for the people that were there, but for the people who could join you online on their computer screens at home. And we're continuing to do that today. So important to us. Number two, I already shared it with you, but it's to make disciples who make more disciples. That is our marching order. That's also one of our core values. Number three would be to build strong families, to help marriages grow closer, uh, help husband and wives. Watch this. You got a husband, you got a wife, and they are growing closer to Jesus. Let's say Jesus is the top of the pyramid here. And as they grow closer to Jesus, what's happening to the husband and the wife? They're, draw, they're drawing closer to each other. And so we want to help foster that. We want to help you in Bible studies. We want to help you in accountability. We want to help you grow in your marriage and in your families. Another core value at Great Hills would be, and you know, we established these many, many years ago, but number four is prayer, is to really, really pray and not just talk about prayer. And I've been really surprised, to be honest with you, as your pastor, I've been really surprised at the people who are so gung-ho about prayer and yet they don't, they don't show up or they're not interested. And in I thought, well, wait a minute, I, I thought you wanted to pray. I thought you wanted to corporately pray. Yeah, but things kind of come up, Pastor, and I'm not really available. Well, we got to do better. If we're going to say the Great Hills Baptist Church is a church of prayer, then we need to be praying. And again, you say, well, what, what, what good does prayer do? Well, prayer changes everything. How about this little statement? When we work, we get what we get. But when we pray, we get what God gives. And there's a vast difference. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want just what I can produce and manufacture. I mean, I think we've seen what mankind can do. But I want us to be so focused on Jesus. And these prayer, these prayer pockets and prayer movements would just metastasize. They would grow into homes. And they would grow in among families and great hills could honestly say, and I really hope, I, I hope I get to see this, that Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Number five, core value number five would be unity, that we would help our church grow in unity, meaning we crucify, we crucify this demonic spirit of being offended. You can't not have a unified church if people are so preferential and so steeped in it's my way or the highway. We, we have to crucify that with the flesh and say, Jesus, it's not about me. It's not about my preferences, my wants, my likes, or my dislikes. God, it's all about you. Jesus, what do you want? And so I've seen our church grow and, and just gain momentum in these areas. And I'm just praying that we'll continue to grow more. Now, that's page one, and we got seven pages, so y'all bear with me, all right? All right, so here's a passage of Scripture that I want to I wanna just read to you, and it's a passage that God has put on my heart for today, and I want to read it to you, and it goes like this. It's Proverbs 3, 1 through 4, and my sweet wife, she just prayed Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Do y'all know why she did that? Because that's her favorite verse in all the Bible, and I pray that verse over her Every day, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord, right? With all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and God will direct your paths. And so verses 1 through 4, you almost kind of feel sorry for verses 1 through 4, don't you? I mean, it never gets any publicity. Verses 1 through 4 never gets any prime time, and we always go Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and I get that. But look at verses 1 through 4. It really is the foundation to 5 and 6. Oftentimes in the Bible, 
you will have these conditional statements. Conditional statements go like this. If you do this, then God will do this. You say, well, I don't know about that, but look, it's all in the Bible. The Bible is replete with conditional statements where God who's in control says, here's my plan for you. Here's my clear will for you. If you will do this, if my people, ready, who are called by my name will pray, humble themselves, seek my face, then, right, then I, God says, will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. So it's not like God is being unkind to us. God is just being, hey, look, we do this with our kids, right? Uh, if, if you eat your vegetables, you can have some candy. Or if you study, then you will have a better chance of making good grades. If you are faithful in your marriage vows to your, hus your husbands and wives, faithful to each other, then you will have a blessed and prosperous marriage. Look, God has built this in the rhythm of the world. It's just an if-then conditional promise. So here it is in the Bible. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. This is God telling us this. If we do that, then length of days and long life and peace will be added to you. If, here we go, let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and then you will, you see it, find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. That's my word for 2021. I love that word favor. Oh, to have the favor the pleasure, the anointing of God on my life, on your life, on our church. That is such a desire of mine. The conditional statements are in verses 1 and 3. Do you see them? Don't forget the law. Keep the commandments. Be committed to mercy and truth. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. That's pretty good, isn't it? I love it when God just uses analogies and graphic uh, metaphors. It's like you would write it on a tablet or stamp it on your heart so that God's word is always with you. It's always with me. And we're pursuing mercy and truth. I love that little couplet, don't you? Oftentimes you see it in the Bible. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Paul says, speaking the truth in love. Mercy, truth, grace, Justice, you gotta have both. And in God's nature, you see the absolute most pristine personification of both. Mercy, grace, compassion, and love. And on the one, on the one hand, on the other hand, holiness, justice, and truth. And that's God's desire for us. He wants us to do both. He wants us to be full of love, full of grace, but also here in the text, bind truth around our necks as well. And if we do that, ain't this cool? God promises us a life of peace. Can, can anybody here today say that I've tried God and I've tried to do what God asked me to do and he just failed me? He told me to do this, I did it, and he just failed me. He sinned against me. There are people who actually feel that way, that God has grossly disappointed me. And I would beg to differ and say, could it be that we're just, we just haven't fully followed him as he wants us to. Because as we follow him and surrender to him, look, God will always come through. If this is a contractual thing, let me tell you, God will always come through for us. Now watch this. It may look a lot different than what you thought it would be. 
Now, that, that's the sovereign prerogative of God, right? I don't know about any of you, but if you've been praying for something and God seems to be holding out on you, and God seems to be, the heavens are like brass, and you're like, but God, why wouldn't you heal my loved one of COVID? Or God, why wouldn't you help this person with depression? Or God, why wouldn't you save their marriage? And yet it looks like the heavens are quiet and yet God is doing his greatest work when we don't understand him. That's just a truth. That's just a fact. So what is the, the onus on us then would to be to do this? Lord, I don't understand what you're doing, but I trust you. But God, I love you. And I want to be faithful to you all the way to the end. That's the little exhortation I wanted to give you from Proverbs chapter 3. All right, so kind of getting back into um, the state of the church. If you were to Google this question, what is the fastest growing city in America? Do you know what city would come? <laughs> You're sitting in it. Uh, Google it. You, you could right now if you want to. You could say, what is, uh, probably not. Just trust me. I just did it, by the way. I just did it in the office a minute ago. Google, who, what is the fastest growing? And it's our city of Austin. In 2045, we will go from 2 million to 4.3 million people. We're already the fastest growing. So was it the uh, Tesla is coming to Bastrop? You know, Apple's here, Facebook's here. I mean, it's only going to continue to expand and grow and grow. Did you know? What will be, I just learned this in a meeting. I was in a two and a half hour meeting this week with a bunch of pastors in Austin. The next day I was in another two and a half hour meeting with a bunch of pastors in Austin. I love these men, love doing life with them and helping lead our city. So the hub, the center of Austin, Texas in just a few years will be, drum roll please. Thank you. Cedar Park, Texas. That's going to be the hub. Leander is already one of the, if not the, last year it was the fastest growing city in America. So, they, so the demographic, those who do demographics can't ever pronounce that name. Yeah, those people, demographers, <laughs> good job. You got it, you got it. Um, say Leander was the fastest growing city. And now if you go south, it's just the same. Kyle, Buda, and those cities, are just, San Marcos are exploding in growth, and God has positioned us here. The community that we're building a house in, the developer, Ed Horn, told us 65,000 people will live in Santa Rita Ranch community. I'm like, that is amazing. The North American Mission Board lists Austin, Texas, out of all the cities in America, the cities that need new churches more than any cities that we can see. I mean, San Diego, Phoenix, New York, there's Houston, multiple cities. Austin, Texas is number six. Is that not fascinating? The North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention said of all the cities in America, this city of Austin ranks number six. And it makes sense, right? because we're growing like crazy and our churches are not growing like crazy and new churches do grow and reach people. That's our city. Where have we been as a church? Well, we've been doing a lot, even during a pandemic. And I'm so proud of our people as I've watched you serve in ways that maybe nobody else sees. And most of the time I don't even see whether you are down here in the apartments, loving on people who are poor and people who are just needing the gospel. And you know who you are, right? Those of you that served in our angel tree and our Operation Christmas Child, those of you that ride the golf carts around in the campus, 
Not because you just don't have anything else to do, Bob, but because you're really picking people up and you love them. You want to get them in here. You greet people. You, you work. You serve in your connect group. You, you do so many little things, big things, small things, and you serve God. And that's what our church has been doing. I mean, you pulled down the Christmas decorations for Pete's sake. Thank you for doing that. That, that was a Herculean effort. God bless you for praying at the, at the abortion clinics. Many of you join Ashley and me as we're praying, peacefully protesting, praying for life and so many other things, a thousand things I could mention. March of 2020, uh, we were no longer able to go on our mission trips and as a big part of Great Hills. Uh, we love to make disciples who make disciples all over the world. And so, we weren't able to travel because of COVID-19, but Becky Dean, our missions director, shared with me, but pastor, here's some things that we were able to do. We gave um, over 500 meals to hospital workers, lab employees, and police officers. Over 900 gift cups to grocery store workers, local businesses, nursing home employees. And every one of those had a handwritten note from a member of Great Hills Baptist Church saying, we love you, we appreciate you, we see you. 50 homemade cards from our kids to nursing home residents. We funded three mission groups in South Asia and Africa, purely helping them feed the multitudes of people who were stricken in poverty and hunger because of COVID-19. One of our members at Great Hills, bless his soul, gave the church $25,000 and said, anybody in our church that needs a helping hand, just a special help for them during COVID-19, do that. I tell you, our benevolence ministry has grown tremendously. Many of you, within the sound of my voice, you're a member at Great Hills and you've been impacted. Your rent has been paid. Your light bill's been paid. You've been helped tremendously. And you know who you are. And I'm just saying this out loud because our church, you know, once a month we take up a benevolence offering. And I'm telling you, we've never used so much money as we have in 2020. There's my oil again. I keep bumping into my anointing oil. On Tuesday nights, we've been known to anoint people with oil and pray over them, but it's in my way, so I got to move it, all right? Thank you. Don't y'all just love how I get distracted so incredibly easy? Don't you just love you don't have a perfect pastor? Amen. And don't you just love how he gets on your nerves sometimes? Amen. All right, there you go. All right, back to our State of the Church address. Where, where have we been? What have we been up to? Well, 38 global partners that we're supporting, 24 of them financially. Uh, we were able to up that amount significantly. And so now uh, Becky and our missions team are able to support financially people all over the world. By and large, the vast majority of our mission funding besides the cooperative program through the Southern Baptist Convention is to this group of people in a country, in another country, far, far place around the world with little to no gospel witness. I can't say no because we are there. Great Hills Baptist Church is there. And we're seeing God do amazing things in this South Asian country. And I'm talking about to the tune of $1,700 a month, every month, Great Hills Baptist Church sends a check that supports these about eight or nine pastors on the ground, leading people to Christ, baptizing this people group, and forming churches. It's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful to be a part of. Not to mention our North African UPG, Unreached People Group, that Great Hills adopted years ago. I mentioned Operation Christmas Child and Angel Tree. I do want to mention Restoration Ranch. This is a phenomenal ministry that you're going to be hearing more and more about this 
And I'm so proud of our church because the key leadership of this ministry to women in crisis. Do I need to elaborate on that? I don't think I do, right? Just think about that. What would that include? Women in crisis. Well, you name it. That's the Restoration Ranch. Fred Erickson's the chairman of the board. Jennifer uh, Wakefield is the director. Uh, Kelly McDaniel, she serves on the board. We have church members at Great Hills serving on this. And they're, they're telling me stories that are coming out more and more. And I'm just so grateful to God how that ministry is coming into its own, coming to fruition. And it won't be long that they're going to actually be receiving women in Central Texas from the most how do, I don't even know of an adjective to describe the most deplorable hard hardship and helping them come to know Christ and helping keep them safe. That's going to be a phenomenal ministry. Another member of our church, bless his soul, I, I tell you, I, I was in a meeting Thursday morning, all Thursday morning with him and a group of people from Haiti, and I just said, Fred Upright, how do you get yourself in these situations? And he just kind of smiled, but God bless his soul, he's taking on the country of Haiti. And he's a member here at our church, 350 churches and, and schools serving 55,000 children, supporting a hospital that ministers to 250,000 people. It's called uh, Baptist Haiti Mission. And I'm like, this blows my mind how one person, how God can use one person to touch an entire nation. Thank you, Lord. What else have we been doing? Well, we've been faithfully teaching and preaching the Word of God. We've been studying the book of Acts. I understand that today in the Gospel Project, you studied the book of Acts. Did you study Acts 6 and 7, the life of Stephen? I just got to tell you all, church, this is phenomenal, that whatever the preschool children are studying, the teenagers are studying, the young adults are studying, all the way up through our senior saints are studying. Y'all are all studying the same text, the same people, and I just think that's wonderful. What does that do for discipleship? That just fosters so much wonderful discussion and discipleship. If you're not in a connect group, let me encourage you. I mean, it's whatever age you are, there is a place for you to come, get involved, and to uh, study the Word of God with people uh, in, in your life. Um, during the pandemic, I preached on 1 Peter chapter, uh, well, the whole 1 Peter epistle. I uh, did that on YouTube. Every, it took me about two or three days a week. I would just be teaching the Word of God. It would be going out all over the world preaching First uh, Peter. Why do we do that? Why do I do that? Do I have nothing else better to do? No. It's a passion. It's a core value uh, of our church. I mentioned from March 15 to June 7, not able to meet here as a church. I'm going to tell you something. It, have you ever tried to stand right here and nobody in the room except Corey? And Corey's just looking at me with a camera. And for three months, that's what I did. I just looked into that camera and, 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 and preached. And, um, you know, it's not the funnest thing to do, to preach when there's nobody there. But when your audience is the audience of one, you, you can do it. Because you know that God is pleased and God hears. And, of course, being on social media and online, we were able to reach many people during this uh, pandemic. And I'm, and I'm grateful to God for that. I'm grateful for Corey for Yid and for Leighton, all those people behind the scenes doing a great job. So some more good news, if, you, if you're up for it, uh, before I transition to what's happening. Goodness gracious, uh, we finished $325,000 um, uh, in the black last year, which is wonderful. That means we thank you, Lord. 
That's so, so good. Uh, obviously, when two things, two big things, uh, when you've paid off your debt, that really, really helps. But when you're not able to spend money on ministry during the pandemic, that also adds up, right? So anyhow, 325000 It would have been more. It would have been $375,000 in the black to the good. But we decided to do something. We stepped out on faith. We worked with a group called RIP Medical Debt. And we paid off. And I'm glad you're sitting down because I got some really interesting news we just found out this week. We gave about $53,000 as a church to help alleviate medical debt for people who are really pressed down. And so what we did is we found people in Kamal County, Gonzales, Guadalupe County, and Williamson Counties. And with $53,000, we helped 4,000 families with $8.6 million in debt retired. Great Hills Baptist Church did that. I, I just think that's... I just think that's phenomenal. Man. And again, it's because you give. And as you give, if you ever want to know, well, where does my money go? I give my tithes and offerings to that church. Where does it go? It goes so far. It helps so many people. And let me just say thank you to those of you who give. God bless you. you we can't do what we do. We can't even have uh, the ministries that we have without the faithful, sacrificial tithes and offerings of God's people. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, listen to this. Talking about condition, promise, if then. The word of God says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase and your barns will be filled with plenty and vats will overflow with new wine. Another condition, a promise. We hired some people this past year, uh, Jeff Fair, so grateful to God that he led us to Jeff and Lori Fair. They're doing a phenomenal job. Uh, Teresa Smith is our new children's director. She's been here quite a while, but not only over preschool, but she's over preschool and children. She hired uh, uh, Tara, Tara Balladran, who's helping her, and Dava Watson we hired as our new accountant. And I'm so grateful to God for these new hires, and they're helping us, and they're working in a wonderful way. And Wow. There's a whole lot more I could say about that, but that's, that's point one. So that's where we've been. What is happening at Great Hills? Well, let me look through this. Wow, I asked our staff, I said, what are you excited about? What are you excited about that has happened at Great Hills in 2020? And what are you anticipating in your ministry in 2021? And they got back with me and they said basically the same thing. Almost all of them said the same thing. They said, Pastor, we're, we're real excited about people in our ministry who are committed to discipleship, committed to sharing their faith, leading people to faith, helping those who come to faith in Christ grow and mature. I love what Jessica Kowalski, who works with our college ministry, she said, the Lord brought over 50 young women together to study the book of James and learn how to read and study their Bibles in March, <laughs> exclamation point. We are anticipating expanding the discipleship of the college ministry. Many of our students are in discipleship groups or being trained to begin their own discipleship group. And that, I could say that over and over with our staff. That's what they're so excited about. Uh, and we, we want you to join us in that excitement and participate with us in making disciples. Another cool quote that I got was from our social media director. 
That's be my son, Leighton. He said, Dad, I'm grateful to God for the thousands upon thousands of people's lives, literally all over the world, that Great Hills touched in 2020 through our social media ministry. Thank you, Lord. Lots of other things that are going on currently. Uh, I will say this, though. It's, it's very, very challenging to lead any organization in a crisis, Right? And we have been in a crisis really since March, and we're coming up on a full year of being in crisis mode. Some of you know this far greater than me. I know, Trey, when you were the deacon chairman, we would have uh, breakfast or lunch together, and it was so, it was so fun talking to Trey. I mean, one, one week or one month, he would be up here, and then the next month he'd go, oh, pastor, it's tough, it's a struggle. And then the next month he'd be up here. I mean, it's just like a roller coaster ride, and a lot of you guys, y'all know that, who have your own business or work in, in whatever industry you're in. It's, it's, and the church is no different. It's just incredibly challenging days uh, in which we live. I took a sabbatical or part of a sabbatical this past year, and, and I'm so grateful to God that I did. And I'm going I'm to try to get a good rhythm of, of rest, and, and I'm doing better with that, and want to take extended times off just to replenish. And it's so fun because when I take extended time off, the church actually grows. It's the funnest thing to see. And I get in these preachers that, uh, that you love to hear, and they do a phenomenal uh, job. And it's, so it's just such a win-win. I get rested up, and you get blessed with some amazing uh, pastors and preachers. So where are we going? It's the last thing. Praise God, we're going to heaven. <laughs> let, me just, let me just say that. We're, we're, we're going to heaven. We might be going sooner than we think we are. Uh, who knows? God knows. God knows the future. God's got it all under control. Um, but to the best of my ability and what limited ability I have, I will try to lead us to do the, the following in 2021. Well, let me preface it with some really challenging news. And I'm and I almost said I hesitate. I really don't hesitate to share this with you. I think you need to know this. And I think you already sense this. But based on people that I listen to and people that I trust are really experts in what I'm about to share with you. And here's the news. For two decades, the church in America has been on a pretty precipitous decline. Somewhere between 85 and 90% of the churches in America have declined numerically. Now, two decades ago, and some of you folks who are my age and older, you, you'll resonate with this. Did you know that the average church member attended church three to four times a month? Do y'all know what that is today? One. Maybe one to two times a month people come uh, to church. Now that's, think about that in just two decades. That is that's incredible when you think about it. Now, there are all kinds of reasons why and excuses why, and I get, I'm not here to debate that. I'm just saying these, these are the facts. One in five churches will die in America because of COVID. That's tough. 20% of the churches in the United States of America will die. They will close their doors and never open them again because of this pandemic. Um, you said, well, but wait a minute, what about online? They, they weren't online or they couldn't do it. But what about uh, one in five will die? When we do get back, 20, we will be 20% less than what we were pre-COVID. 
Now, I know there's exceptions, and who knows, Great Hills Baptist Church may be the exception. But the data and the research is showing that what happens when you're in a, when you're in a time of decline, when a supernova crisis hits you, when you're already in decline, there is a great acceleration. Crisis and conflict, they accelerate what was already happening. For example, if you are a diabetic or if you cancer or if you got difficulty in your health and you get COVID, man, there's a good possibility that there will be an acceleration in your physical decline. It's just, I guess, just a law of nature. It's just how it works. And so when the church in America was already struggling, very struggling. You can see the statistics. In the Southern Baptist Convention, we're leading the way. We're leading the way in showing the precipitous decline. And when that coronavirus hit, it, it wasn't just kind of like this. It was, it's, pretty, it's pretty severe. Though many will decide not to come back, many will decide to worship online. And you say, yeah, let's talk about that for just a minute. I'm going to vote that they don't do that. Well, guess what? You don't get a vote. <laughs> I don't get a vote. People have decided that they are going to worship. If they will worship, many of them have decided that they're going to worship at home. In this meeting I was at the other day, I've learned. No, this was a podcast. I learned this. The hub now in America, which used to be, and it is again, is the home. Think about in your home, what you do in your home. You find out who you're going to date from your home online, and then you find out who you're going to marry online. It used to be that you shop for Christmas presents online. Guess what? We shop for everything online. And we pay our bills online. We do everything. Amazon, that guy's worth billions of dollars. I mean, it has, it has just caught a, a wave and guess what? That wave has ascended into religion. People are going to worship online. Some of you are watching us online. Can I just say this? I'm thrilled that you're watching us online. You're actually worshiping God with us online. Now, maybe I'm maybe just a traditionalist in me. Yes, I would love to see you here. But some of you can't come. I get that. Some of you don't need to come. Some of you, your health would be greatly compromised. And so you're online and and I tell you, church, we can do one of two things with this. We can be upset and say, well, I don't like it and miss an opportunity. Or we can say, how can we minister more to the people who are worshiping God online at Great Hills Baptist Church? One of the things we want to do in 2021, we'd love to hire an online community pastor, somebody that literally ministers to those people who are watching us uh, online. And I don't know the answer to what I'm about to posit to you next. If you have 300,000 square feet and a sanctuary that seats almost 3,000 people in light of everything I just said, I don't know what the answer is. But I do know who knows the answer. And I just want you to know, never have I been more dependent on God Never have I been more praying and trusting and seeking God as I am right now. Because these are some incredibly challenging, challenging days for churches. Well, my word for 2021, in spite of all that um, sad news I just shared with you, is the word favor. 
I'd love to experience the favor of God like I've never experienced in my life or in the life of our church in 2021. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if revival broke out in America? Wouldn't that be something? What if this time next year in the state of the church address 2022, and I would say something like, church, y'all remember all the data, all the research was saying, Oh my word, the church is in a bad way, down, down, down. And all of a sudden we're like, God sends revival. I mean, there's a supernatural movement of the spirit of God and Great Hills Baptist Church doesn't have to answer the question, what are we gonna do with this facility? And that's what we're asking right now. But the question would be, how are we gonna accommodate all these people? Wouldn't that be interesting? God's God, he's in control. And I tell you what, the more I walk with him and the more I serve you as your pastor, (laughs) the more I realize just how much I don't know and just how dependent I am upon the Lord. What else are we going to do in 2021? We're going to continue our focus on disciples, making uh, disciples. That's the best thing we've got going in the life of our church. I'm excited about that. We're going to continue We're going to, Lord willing, hire a videographer, an online community pastor, and Lord willing, a church plant pastor up in the Liberty Hill area. We're going to continue to work and serve these people in South Asia. And we're going to continue, as I said earlier, try to move forward. uh, And we will move forward uh, with planting churches. Next week, I'm going to preach out of Acts chapter 13. It's a phenomenal text. And I can't wait to share it with you. And uh, it just so happens to be right in the middle and when we're talking about the Santa Rita Ranch area of Liberty Hill, like I said, my wife and I are building a home up there. They are started the construction. They got it into the, the framing stage. And so we're excited about helping Great Hills grow in that area, simultaneously preaching here at Great Hills. And, and I know a couple of you have asked me questions about this. Does this mean you're going to continue to be the pastor at Great Hills Baptist Church, yes. Uh, If you're willing to keep me, then I'm going to continue to be the pastor here as long as the Lord keeps me here. I I, I tell you what, I'm, 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 I'm thrilled at what God's doing. The challenge, instead of it instead of it discouraging me, I'm finding that it's almost invigorating me. And it's it's causing me to seek the Lord like I've never sought him uh, before. But pray for us. I've got so many questions. I don't have a whole lot of answers when it comes to planning another campus as a church, but I have a piece that at least this is the direction we're going to walk toward. Now, this next thing I'm going to share with you, uh, this has only been talked about, um, so I wonder if I should share this. Um, let, Let me talk... Let me talk some more to people and then I'll share it with you. How's that? Because I, I don't want to let the hat, the cat out of the, the rabbit, whatever that thing is that you put in the bag and the hat. We'll talk more about that later. I know it's a little late and I know we're wrapping it up, but I, um, when I said earlier, where are we going? We're going to heaven. And the reason we're going to heaven Jesus could very well come in 2021. Hallelujah. Yeah, amen. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited. Or uh, you could die. That's a very poss- good possibility. Um, when that happens, 
I want you to be prepared to meet the Lord. Um, there's only one way to for sure, for sure know that when you die and you go to heaven, and this is the key, Jesus said, I'm it. I'm the way, y'all help me, the truth and the life. And he who comes to me, Jesus says, he will no wise cast out. He will welcome you into his family. So well, how do I get in that family? I know there's a lot of people concerned. There are a lot of people that are fearful. Some of you are sitting in this room. Many of you are watching us online, and this sermon will be played over and over through social media and through the Internet, and I'm grateful for that. The most important thing that I can share with you right now is this. The way you go to heaven, you receive Christ as your Savior. You say, tell me more. Well, you have to believe in him, and you have to repent of your sins. You say, well, what does that mean? That means God... I know that you're God and you're awesome. And I know that I'm a sinner and I know I need help. <laughs> and I know there's no way that I can get to heaven without you. God, would you help me? Would you save me? Would you take my life? I repent of my sins and I, I just trust in you. I believe in you and I give you my life. Then I would say to you, welcome to the family of God. It is really that simple. I felt the Lord impressed me. And this is what I want to do. If you're watching us online and you're either interested in or you are ready to receive Christ as your Savior, here's what I want you to do. I want you to type the word heaven in the description box. Would you do that? Just, just, just type the word heaven, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or wherever, how it, wherever it is. Just type the word heaven. Our social media team, they will look at that and they will reach out to you and share with you more. You say, well, what about me? I'm not online, brother. I am here in the flesh. What am I going to do? Well, you can just get saved right here and right now. That'd be perfectly fine with me. We would love to invite you to receive the Lord. In fact, I'm about to pray. And as I am praying, here's, here's a few things that are going to happen. You ready for this? As I'm praying, there'll be people walking around. And it's cool. They'll come up here and they'll get ready to praise and worship. There will be a team of counselors or decision counselors from Great Hills Baptist Church who are prepared and ready to receive you. They'll go into the Great Hall. If you go right through those doors behind the cameras, there's a petitioned area. You go right behind that petitioned area. And there will be men and there will be women who will receive you and say, how can I pray for you? Truth be told, some of y'all need to do that. Some of you are walking, wounded, heavy. You know the Lord, but man, you're broken up inside. You, it, you, have, not, you have not sat down with another brother or sister in Christ and just said these words, can you just pray for me? Just pray for my marriage or pray for my kids or pray for my health or and this is called an invitation. We used to do that publicly up here, but now we're socially distanced. We got it prepared. We're ready in the back. So tell me again, Brother Dan, what, what's about to happen? Here's what's about to happen. I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying, there will be people moving, and that will be your cue. You can move. You say, oh, I can go eat lunch early. Thank you so much. No, we're, we're inviting you to go to the back of the church. And just go in that great hall. You walk in there. Uh, I think Jeffrey Samplaski, our student pastor. Ross is usually back there. He's out today. There will be others. Um, I Jennifer, I bet Jennifer Wakefield and others will be back there, men and, and women. And as we're praying, as I'm praying, 
you're free to go. Just go back there and just have some time with somebody that can pray with you, that can encourage you. Father, now we're praying. As our worship team is coming, as our counselors, our biblical counselors, decision counselors are going to the rear, I'm inviting you. If you would like for someone just to pray with you, encourage you, this is your time. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, heaven, oh, I would love to know for sure that I'm going to heaven. Let us help you. We can honestly, there's some things we cannot do, but this is something we absolutely can do. We can tell you with great confidence and assurance that through Jesus Christ and a relationship with him, you can not only go to heaven, but you can start experiencing heaven right now. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life and have it in abundance. So I'm praying for you and you feel free to stand up. You just go to the rear there, go to out those doors, go into the great hall and there will be a friendly face there. Somebody from Great Hills would just say, how can I pray for you? How can I encourage you today? Those of you that are listening online, I'm praying for you now. I'm praying that you'll just type out the word heaven. Just say heaven. That's, that's what I long for. And that's what I want somebody to talk with me about, to, to give me assurance and confidence that I know without a doubt that I can go to heaven. Do that. Let us reach out to you and minister to you. Father, we thank you for our time together. Lord, we love you. We're grateful. These are very somber, Lord, ominous days. We get that, Lord. We, we know what's going on. We know what's going on in our political world, in our uh, financial world, in our physical health world, and there's lots of challenges. But God, if there's ever a time that we need you, we know it's now. And so, Lord, we're coming to you and we're asking for your help. We're asking you, Lord, for your salvation for those who will believe. Lord, we're praying for the prosperity and the favor, the health and the joy and the blessing to fall upon Great Hills Baptist Church. Lord, we're praying that 2021 would be that year. God, it would be that breakthrough year. It would be a year like no other year, both in planting churches and in our church here, thriving in prayer, thriving through growing and reaching people, discipling people, baptizing people. Lord God, do it. I'm asking you, Lord, to do it for your great name and for your fame so that the nations will know that our God reigns. Even now, in the quietness of this moment, we're inviting you to do business with the Lord. There is something pretty special about standing up, walking out, just looking at somebody in the eye. You may have your mask on. You may be six feet apart, but I'm telling you, it's powerful. It's special. Lord, give them favor. Give them faith. God, give them courage to take a step toward you. Praying for salvation today, God, for those that are online. Heaven's the word. And for those of us here, Lord, favor's the word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. I invite you to stand with me, please, all over the sanctuary and the worship center. Stand and uh, Brother Corey's going to come. He's going to lead us in a time of, of worship. Let this be a time of just, uh, you know, just kind of an affirmation of your faith and what you believe. And just enjoy this time as you worship the Lord with me now.